This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Anif Baharuddin and this is Gigi Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. In this episode, we're going to talk about MMORPGs. Are they still popular and relevant in 2022? But before that, here's a recap of some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Ofnil Ting and Daryl Ong. Thank you, Hanif. So it seems that Microsoft is not the only company that's on a shopping spree as Sony, their biggest rival in the console war, also announced on Chinese New Year that they have done a bit of shopping themselves. Sony recently acquired makers of the Destiny franchise Bungie for 3.6 billion US dollars. But unlike the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal, both parties have come up to say that this acquisition won't lead to any future titles from Bungie to be exclusive. That's right. That's the first thing that CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan, clarified in the announcement on PlayStation's blog. He also went on to say, and I quote, First off, I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. As such, we believe it makes sense for it to sit alongside the PlayStation Studios organization and we are incredibly excited about the opportunities for synergies and collaborations between these two world-class groups. Yeah, in a joint statement later, Bungie also said the same thing, saying that any future decisions will be made by the company independently and that we will remain in charge of our destiny. Analysts have said that this move is done perhaps to bolster Sony's position in the multiplayer gaming market as they do not have a strong presence there as compared to single-player games. This is definitely an interesting acquisition, especially taking into factor the nature of it and how Bungie will remain autonomous afterwards. And for those of you who see this as a retaliation move by Sony to follow Microsoft, do take note that purchases like these take time to materialise and the timing may just be a coincidence. Exciting and yet scary times ahead, I wonder who else will be bought next by these two giants. Yeah, and one giant we think is too big to be acquired is Take-Two and Rockstar. Though we might be wrong here, Microsoft might still have the money, so let's be careful. Anyway, back to Rockstar. They have finally announced something that a lot of gamers have been waiting for, myself included. They're working on a new Grand Theft Auto game and the development is well underway. Nothing else has been announced in that press release, including whether it will be called GTA 6, but suffice to say this will somehow get the fans excited again and I think the actual confirmation that they are indeed working on the game is good but again let's temper our expectations and wait for more details to emerge yeah some have speculated the game's size will be much smaller than GTA 5 and they will be set in Miami but these of course are all speculations at the moment Rockstar also took the time to finally announce the release date for the next gen versions of GTA 5 and GTA Online Uh, the native PS5 and Xbox Series X and and S versions of the game will be released on March the 15th, bringing all the bells and whistles that you expect, such as things like 4K, 60fps support, HDR, ray tracing, as well as many more. Yeah, there's no clear announcement on whether you have to pay for the upgrade or whether you're able to transfer saves across platforms though. Rockstar did confirm that you can actually do a one-time migration of your story mood progress from Xbox One to Xbox Series X and S and from PS4 
to PS5. When this announcement was first made last year, gamers were generally not happy considering the game has been around for ages. But for those of you who would like to still play the game again on your next-gen consoles, at least you now know when. Yeah, for the rest of us though, at least we know a new GTA is coming, though it won't be anytime soon. Moving on, Infinity Ward has hinted that they'll be developing the next Call of Duty game for 2022. And in case you don't know, the development of Call of Duty games, which is an annual thing, is done by rotating between three main developers and they are Infinity Ward, Treyarch and Sledgehammer with other smaller developers supporting the studios. It seems that it's Infinity Ward's turn this year and they have hinted this on Twitter by tweeting out a new generation of Call of Duty is coming soon, together with the words, Stay Frosty. Infinity Ward is the developer responsible for the hugely successful reboot of the Modern Warfare series in 2019 and also the Battle Royale Warzone. It's expected that they will be releasing a sequel to the Modern Warfare reboot but nothing has been confirmed so far. Yeah, despite the recent acquisition by Microsoft, Activision Blizzard is still expected to keep their Call of Duty series multi-platform and to keep releasing the franchise every year. Will this next installment in the Modern Warfare series do any better than Call of Duty Vanguard, which received Luke Wong responses last year? Let's wait and see if the franchise is indeed your jam. From one franchise, from the beleaguered developers to another, Warcraft will finally be having a mobile version of its game this year. This comes after Blizzard confirms the news that has been rumoured since 2017 in their quarterly earnings report. In it, they said that they are planning substantial new content for the Warcraft franchise in 2022, including new experiences in World of Warcraft and Hearthstone, and getting all new mobile Warcraft content into players' hands for the very first time. Yeah, no details on what kind of game it'll be, but some have speculated that it'll probably be a Pokemon Go-styled AR game. If it's going to end up being released this year, Blizzard will have two of its franchises on the mobile platform. Remember that Diablo Immortal is scheduled to be released this year in the first half of 2022. Yep, we'll bring you more information when we have them as usual. Okay, moving on. Up next, Nintendo Switch has emerged as the fastest home console to sell 100 million units and has outsold the Nintendo Wii. Nintendo revealed this detail in their financial report for the third quarter of the fiscal year ending March 2022, in which they revealed that they have sold slightly more than 103 million units as of 31st December 2021. Yeah, so this puts Switch past the Wii, making it the best-selling Nintendo console that you can plug into a TV. Despite overtaking the Wii, they still have a long way to go before they can beat the Nintendo DS, which sold 153 million units overall. The Switch is also showing a steady growth as they become the fastest home console to hit 100 million sales surpassing not only the Wii but also the Sony PlayStation 4. According to Bloomberg reporter Takashi Mochizuki, Switch sales are still doing well in its fifth year compared to both PS4 and Wii, which experienced a slowdown in sales during the same period in their respective lifetimes. Not bad for Nintendo and this is why analysts are saying that their position will remain safe despite the ongoing console war between Sony and Microsoft. Well, that's all we have for this week's news. Back to you, Hanif, and happy birthday! Happy belated birthday! Thank you very much, Daryl and Ofnil. We're going to make way for some messages. After this, we're going to be talking about MMORPGs. Are they still relevant in 2022? Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9.
BFM 89.9. You're listening to GG Well Played. I'm your host Hanif Baharudin. Lost Ark, a popular MMORPG in South Korea that has been around for two years, will be making its debut in the Western market soon to a lot of hype from MMORPG fans there. And Final Fantasy XIV was so popular these days that they had to stop selling the game just so that the servers could cope with the high demands from players who would like to give the game a try. These are some examples that show that maybe, just maybe, MMORPGs still have a place in the gaming world despite the popularity of other genres such as MOBA and Battle Royale. But are these just one-off occurrences or is the genre ready to make a comeback to the mainstream scene? Has it even been a way, you could argue? Najman Maliki joins me to talk about MMORPGs, beginning with its definition for those of you who are not as familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so MMORPG as the name suggests, MMO, it's short for Massively Multiplayer Online and RPG is role-playing games. It's basically essentially you're playing a, an RPG, a role-playing game with a lot of people, massive, right? Um, and it's online. Um, and I, th- I think the genre really hit its kind of peak prime, I guess, in the mid-2000s. Um, yeah, mid-2000s, I would say early to mid-2000s, where people, everyone had internet connections at home and they all just want to like be meeting their friends virtually playing online. So essentially, it's a nice uh, way to play any RPG games with people you know or maybe with strangers. And I think one key trait as well when it comes to like introducing people to MMORPG is that um, as opposed to your normal games that you play, MMORPGs usually do not have like an end game per se. And I guess this is similar to your MOBAs and your Battle Royals, right? So if you play like say Dota or say Fortnite, technically speaking, the the end game is a bit loose and you don't particularly have one, right? So Fortnite, once you've, your game finishes, you restart a new game. You don't actually have an end game. There's no like conclusion to the whole game same goes with dota or say overwatch and stuff like that mmorpg i guess in a bigger term it's more like that it's 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 an open-ended game where you start your character out and then you basically just make them better and better and better without actually having a hard deadline set kind of like parameters to say you've won the game (laughs) there is no winning per se um and that that i think is the appeal and the push or rather the, 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 the thing that people particularly dislike, I assume. Yeah, depending on where which uh camp you're on. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I guess once upon a time it was popular because it was the genre itself is pretty classic and the nature of I guess how people like to play games back then was also a bit more classic in that sense, right? That it's a bit yeah. more, quote-unquote, uh, explorative rather than competitive, right? You know, people like to just get together, obviously online, to, I guess, uh, be on an adventure, right? It's quote-unquote, uh, you mm. know, which is very typical of the RPG genre, right? Um, yeah, so it wasn't necessarily competitive like how games are a bit more competitive these days. It was more about going on an adventure and, you know, what's the best way to, I guess, go on an adventure if it's not with your friends, right? So that's why yeah. um, the nature of um, the online component of the RPG game makes it a bit more attractive, right? Um, let's, let's talk about some of the games that, I guess, popularized the genre. Obviously, uh, off the top of my head, I think it's World of Warcraft, to be fair, but yes. I think World of Warcraft is also um, maybe more popular on a global scale. Right? I guess um, there mm-hmm. are other games that 
kickstarted the popularity of the genre and also i mean i mean locally i i'm sure that you know world of warcraft you know as much as it has its players here it's not really as popular right i'm sure there are yeah. other games that are popular among the local crowd here Yeah, so I think World of Warcraft. One of the main reasons why the barrier to entry is higher for Malaysians is because it's on a subscription base, and obviously it's charged in US dollars. So if you don't like have much money, your kids usually do not. Um, you can't play it. So um, in in Malaysia, there's a huge, uh, there's a bigger pull towards the free ones like Ragnarok Online. Free-ish, I'd say, um, and then um, there's Maple Story as well. There are either MMORPG-ish games like Gunbound, which is not exactly a MMORPG but kinda. Uh, and then you have your your I guess more th- those games I just mentioned is more uh, Asian in nature, made by Asian countries and also popularized in Asian countries. Yeah, so uh, I guess the more westernized version of MMO uh, that is famous in Malaysia would be um, the Star Wars: The Old Republic. Um, it was uh, it's free and people can just start playing and 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 yeah, I I think in Malaysia and Asian countries especially we we love our MMOs, <laughs> we love our MMORPGs, yeah. Mm, but we love our our versions of MMORPGs. So so suffice to say that I think as much as World of Warcraft is pretty popular, it's not really popular here. It's not as big compared to say in in Western countries, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So okay. Um. Yeah, it was popular at one point. I personally have never played any MMORPGs. I have to admit. Uh, oh. What? <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. You know, was there ever a time when it started? Becoming less popular, or has it always been popular, but popular within a certain, I guess, within its own niche, within its own world. You know, if you're into the MMO RPG uh, world, you would consider it as popular, quote unquote. Or you know, has it ever? Mm. Yeah, has the popularity of the genre ever dwindled at one point? Yeah, I I think the thing is, it's it dwindled, but not by choice. What I'm trying to say is, uh, it's it's usually a business decision that people do not agree with. Um, that is done by companies who run these MMORPGs. Um, so as I mentioned earlier about World of Warcraft being expensive for for Malaysian players specifically to play and stuff like that, you you do see the same issue propping up in other Asian MMORPGs as well. When the companies started to charge uh, the players, um, uh, basically most of these games are free to play, right? Uh, but they started to change their models to like pay to win. Uh, meaning you can you can just start out your new game and then you can just pay a bunch of money and then suddenly you are the king of the hill, which is which is very demotivating for a lot of players, especially when it comes to MMORPGs, as opposed to your usual typical MOBA battle royale kind of leveling style where you get your characters to be leveled up within say like half an hour or less. MMORPGs usually literally take months, if not weeks, right? Um, to level up your characters to a to a end game content level, if you will. So when you open up the model where you can pay to win, the people who don't have the money starts to feel very much left out and and just start to like um, stop playing that game. And then they obviously will try to look for other alternatives to play. And I guess literally right smack at that kind of juncture where MMORPGs started to charge Malaysian players. Uh, <laughs> the World of Warcraft variant of a game started to get famous, which is uh, Dota. <laughs> so people jumped onto that that boat. But I would actually say 
I mean, like in an alternate universe, if the companies did not do the pay-to-win model, I I would bet good money that the the genre would die out uh, in Malaysia. I would not even say that it's dead now, lah. But you know, the 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 um the whole system would be still thriving. I would imagine, yeah. Mm. But the thing about charging players is that eventually there are. I mean, as much as there are, I guess decisions made driven by profit, but there are also decisions made because of things that they, you can't run away from, right? I think one yeah. of, one of the things include, I guess, having to maintain servers, I suppose, one way or another, mm-hmm. considering that these games do require servers to host them, right? Yeah. So so when we talk about the technical aspect of an MMORPG, right, I, I personally have tried to like run my own private service for an MMORPG game. The more The more players you have on your server, the more money you have to spend. Right, so especially back in the day, back in like early 2000s, mid 2000s, even like towards later part of 2000s, servers can cost you a, an arm and a leg, right? So if you are assuming that you would host like 10,000 players at one time, your servers need to be huge and like uh, well-placed all over the world so that players can actually play there without having a lot of lag and stable and it needs to be stable, especially that, right? Uh, because of that, you have to spend a lot of money. And those are the numbers that they were looking at, like close to 10,000 players at any one point in time. And to do that, I mean, like you can't just do that for free. And yeah, they start charging people. And I guess it's a mixture, it's a perfect storm. Lah. When you started charging people, you notice that people started paying for it, right? You notice people started paying the monthly subscription for you to actually maintain the server. And then you're like, okay, people are starting to pay us for this and it's good money and we can actually maintain our server. But what if we, say, throw in a golden sword for, say, an extra 100 ringgit per month and people started paying for that? And yeah, <laughs> you created that that kind of whole thing. Lah. Yeah, I guess I guess that's the aspect that's quote-unquote unavoidable for mm. developers, right? When it comes to trying to monetize their games. Um, yeah, so one way or another, I guess there is a sizable pool of MMORPG players in the world. But mm. as as the technology improves, as the genre of games uh, become more diverse, um, you know, people, especially online online gamers tend to then um, gravitate towards other other games, right? You know, you have yeah. competitive multiplayer uh, shooters, you know, MOBAs, and then eventually now Battle Royale, I suppose. I don't know whether mm. Battle Royale's popularity is still there. I think it's still there. I mean, obviously it's still there. It's just that I think it's also becoming a bit saturated now. But regardless, <laughs> Battle Royale is the, is the I guess, it, it genre, right? Okay, so, so yeah. So people don't really talk about MMORPGs for quite a bit. But then suddenly these past few months, I think, we started hearing a lot of, I guess, new games being developed, right? Um, yeah, I guess Amazon had a crack at it as well with their yeah, New World game, which I think is, uh, I guess it was a bit problematic at first, but I don't know whether how it's still doing okay-ish. I don't know, maybe struggling, but still, yeah, relevant. Um, you also have Final Fantasy XIV, which became one of the more popular games last year to a point where the servers actually struggled to contain new players and they had to actually stop selling the game at one point. Right? Just a couple of weeks ago, yeah. they stopped selling the game for a bit and then now they have resumed selling the game again. So, um, yeah. And then you also have Lost Ark, which will make their, I guess, debut in the Western market today. I mean, on, on the 7th, right? So, yeah, so, so, so there's also like, it shows that I guess I don't know. But is it is it fair to say that they're making a comeback? The genre is making a comeback, or is it just yeah? So it's always been there. It's just that you know, it's just that you know a lot more people are I guess going back to playing MMORPGs. 
Yeah. So okay, I'm I'm gonna tackle that question in like kind of like two aspects. One would be uh, the player side, and one would be the the developer publisher maintainer side. So in terms of player side, I believe the the hunger is always there, right? So I can tell you like any other games as well, right? After a few years, there will always be a if you've played MMORPG before and it's up your alley. After a few years of playing, um, or rather after a few years of stop playing, you would feel the hunger, you would feel like you want to go back to, to something. And that's the reason why um, MMORPGs have notoriously huge amounts of private servers uh, being hosted everywhere. Because people want to go back and play that, right? You can even see, um, say for example, a game like Ragnarok Online, uh, which is ran by a Korean company called Gravity. Even the official servers keeps popping up and dying down, popping up and dying down. I think we are in the third or fourth iteration of the Singapore slash my server uh, because the hunger is there. So when when it comes to is it a, a dead genre or is it coming back to life, I think it's never died. It's, the hunger has always been there for players. And in terms of technicalities and in terms of like uh, how publishers or, or, or developers can maintain that particular game, it's rel- relatively cheap now. So with cloud computing, Companies like Microsoft Azure, um, AWS, Google Cloud Platform and stuff like that, they all have made server hosting dirt cheap, right? You can start a server and host it up at like 20, 25 ringgit a month, ringgit. So it's super cheap, right? So for you to, it's a matter of skill. It's just a matter of you to spend a bit more to make sure that it's stable and stuff. So I think for publishers, they would, if I were to kind of like pitch this to an investor, I can say, look, hunger is there for players. Technology is really cheap. You guys don't know <laughs> what else to do. MOBA um, and, and, and Battle Royale has basically been super saturated. Why not try retry out MMORPGs? And I think it's good, I'd say, if you deliver it well for both players and, um, and, and, develop, and in gaming companies. The main question is, I guess the main golden question is how to do it well. So Lost Ark, I think, is a um, a good game to keep an eye out as well. Uh, it's it's from an Asian company. Uh, the hype is real in the in the West as well. Um, people have been waiting for this game to come out in the in the in the Western world for for better part of two years, I th- I'd say. Um, so yeah, I would love to see how it plays out for them because you can easily start something like. Uh, Final Fantasy uh, 14 online and or, or, or uh, New World <laughs> and then just like crash land that right so we'll see for Lost Ark yeah mm. do you think that the player base um, do, we, do we have new players joining in on the fun as well or, or is it generally people uh, who have had experience uh, with the genre previously like for example you know players mm. who have had played uh, other MMORPG games trying out you know Final Fantasy 14 or Lost Ark um, or yeah essentially the question is has the genre received new players players who have never played MMORPGs before players who perhaps are more familiar with your Battle Royales and your, your MOBAs mm. yeah I think I think okay this is a very interesting question because I think players who have yet to play MMORPGs can be interested so if you take out the the uh, millennials out of the picture who always kind of <laughs> gong about MMORPGs. Maybe maybe new players, younger players would not play that, right? But because of the millennials who always hype 
MMORPGs up. I believe it can have legs uh, in terms of uh, aspiring younger players, new players, or uh, players who haven't yet touched MMORPG ever in their life to try it out. You can see this um, quite well uh, in in uh, if you look at like uh, WoW Classic, right? One of the reasons why they actually like rebooted WoW Classic is because of that, right? They they see that these um, mobile players, these battle royale players, they actually want to try out games like WoW Classic, but it was not maintained very well by by Blizzard, and then literally Blizzard just restarted the whole project, and 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 there's a few more like new titles that that is trying that out because the the hype that. I would say millennials. Uh, <laughs> I blame millennials for for hyping that up, and 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 it it it's working, because um you can see even like with, uh I guess the quote unquote classical look of WoW Classic, it's 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 holding up quite well with the new players. A lot of YouTubers are actually generating content for for people who actually want to get into the 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 environment, the whole game. Uh, genre itself so yeah i think it will be uh taken up by by new players who have not yet touched mmorpgs before this okay um will it be able to i guess dethrone uh, mobas and to a certain extent battle royale <laughs> do you foresee it happening this year at least with you know the rise in popularity of games like final fantasy 14 and even lost out you know coming to the west yeah i, I don't know yeah that's a that's a really tough one right um dethroning battle royale is something really hard. So there's there's a lot of trust in Battle Royale from gaming companies. <laughs> Even though you can see that it's a dumpster fire for some of them, Ubisoft. <coughs> uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't, uh, I would not really bet on it. Uh, it's, it's, I think the high, if you're looking for something very high pace, high adrenaline, you would not get that kind of like shot from an MMORPG because it's just a long-standing grind. Um, but it might be a very interesting <coughs> uh, change in pace for these mobile slash battle royale players. So yeah, I, I, th- I think um, it would not dethrone it, but it would make a dent in the in number of players lah, perhaps. Yeah. You're tuned in to GG World Played and it was Najman Maliki making his prediction on the popularity and relevance of MMORPGs this year. If you'd like to listen to this episode again, look for the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts and the games that you play via our email ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and stay safe. This has been GG World Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.